the Commander's Declassified Podcast. If you have made it this far, subscribe. Spit knowledge tonight. Giving out a good Twitter handle. The Commander's Declassified Podcast. We've got a we've got a big show. Just want to see a good game played by our guys. You know, the win and uh, Commanders will win two hundred and sixty-four to nothing. The Commanders Declassified Podcast. Welcome back to the Commander's Declassified Podcast. I am not your host. I am the stand-in, Brian. Uh, Eric, how are you, man? I am also not your host. (laughs) I'm the stand-in's backup. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Here's our real host, L.E. How are you? Fresh off a bye week. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. We we had some charged-up quarterback conversations in the text thread. We talked about rebuilding the roster. And now we can focus on the playoffs because we got it out of our system. So I'm happy to be here, happy to talk uh, our continued playoff push. Absolutely. We are off the bye week and we have a familiar opponent, uh, the New York football giants who are fresh off. uh, Eric, I don't know what you call that. uh, A beating, a whooping. um, uh, What? I like like curb stomping. Yes. Uh, Yeah, that is a perfect word for what the Eagles did to uh, the Giants last week. Um, Eric, if you watched that game or if you saw any highlights, what what was your thoughts about kind of what you saw there and then how kind of – I mean, we we did struggle with them kind of the week before. Well, the Eagles are – you know, I think the the loss to the Commanders really put the Eagles back on track. Uh, It got them refocused. So I think that win – that game says more about the Eagles than it does about the Giants. Yeah. The Eagles have been a buzzsaw since they lost to the Commanders. Um, so I, I just hope that the Giants feel worse about that loss than I do because, uh, you know, we want to hang over from that loss this week. We don't want them refocused now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, L.A., what did you think about that beating the Eagles put on the Giants this past weekend? Um, and then watching, you know, the previous week, uh, the Commanders kind of struggle with the uh, the Giants. Yeah, I think the Eagles are doing it to everybody. <clears throat> so it just it's one of those things where like the Giants don't have offensive firepower to keep up. And when you're in a battle like that with a team like that, you get it's hard not to break your spirits yeah. when you know you see they can do whatever they want to do. It's why like so many teams have such a hard time playing the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Because even though you might be a little bit better than what you showed on the field, when you know you can't compete from an offensive perspective. You're going to shut down. Some guys are going to shut down. I think that's all it was. I think, but every game is in a vacuum. And with that, what happened in that game doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to what happens this game. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I think you're, you're right. Even though they, uh, the, the Giants look just outmatched, lifeless, dead uh, in that game against the Eagles, uh, that does not mean that's what we're going to get uh, this Sunday. We are going to get a uh, Giants team who is ready to play because they're fighting for their playoff lives just like we are. So they're going to be highly motivated. And, Ellie, I'm going to start with you. Um, what, what is this Giants defense going to try to do differently this time against the uh, the Commanders coming off uh, you know a game where they didn't have a whole lot of answers uh, for the Eagles? What uh, what do you think this Giants team's going to do to uh, the Commanders' offense uh, this time around? Yeah, I think the Giants generally have a an intelligent coaching staff who learns from their mistakes, and I think they made quite a few of them when they played us. One thing I think they're going to do is pay special attention to Terry McLaurin because our entire offense runs through our ability to get him the ball. 
I think they might be a little bit healthier. I haven't seen the latest depth chart in terms of who's going to be active and who's not. But I think that's going to be a big focus. I think they understand that our running game is really the backbone of sustaining drives. It doesn't necessarily uh, result in points all the time. But it's 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 how we keep their offense off the field and how we keep our defense fresh. So I, I think they need to focus on, from a Terry perspective, they have to find a way to bracket him, take him out of the game, because Heineke looks for Terry one and two and then comes back to another receiver. And then I think they're going to focus more on their run game discipline, making sure that they keep us away from big runs um, and keep Heineke in the pocket. The other thing I think they're going to do – uh, coming off four straight losses for the Giants, mind you, is find a way for their corners not to sit in deep zone trying to pick off the ball, right? Yeah. Because we we started to go a little bit underneath last time against the Giants. So I think they'll probably play smarter and man. Um, I know it's tempting as a defensive coordinator to play zone and keep your eyes on the quarterback because you know the ball's going to come your way a couple times in the game. I think they're just going to play a little bit more straight up this time around. No, I uh, I agree. I think uh, I think you're right. I think the, those adjustments are going to be exactly what they uh, what they try to do with us. Uh, before we go any further, as usual, we are very lucky to be sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Eric, uh, I think you you may have a read for us tonight. Oh, I got a little something. This is this is off the cuff though. I'm not reading anything. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, folks, the wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbooks apps, is officially live in Maryland. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports with DraftKings anytime and anywhere. Right from Brian's house in Maryland. He's having a draft party this weekend. You're all invited. Go go play some DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with the promo code CDP11 will receive $200 in free bets instantly this weekend. We're, we're putting it all on the under for the Commanders-Giants game because it's the Commanders and Giants. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, unlimited player props, and more fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go for all my sports betting needs and it's where you should go to. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CDP11. That's Commander Classified Podcast 11. And get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly when you place a five dollar bet on anything. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CDP11. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Twenty one plus. Physically present in Maryland. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus issued as is free bets. See DraftKings.com/MD for full terms and conditions. Woo wee! Clean as usual, Eric. Well done, man. Well done. I'll give you a a second to uh, to to recover, Ellie. You said something about the Giants' running game. Um, what happened to uh, Saquon Barkley? He he was listed with a neck injury. Had a few snaps last week against the Eagles. Is he hurt? Is he just wearing down? I mean, he started out this year um, looking like rookie Saquon, and um, he's looking like old man Saquon right now. What uh, what's going on with him? Yeah, it's a product of having a an offense that really relies on two people and both of those people running the football, which is Daniel Jones, who suffered with concussion issues last year because of this offense uh, or the type of offense they ran. And then Saquon, who has to carry so much of the load for this to be a competitive team. Saquon is a tremendous top tier running back. Like, let's not take anything away from him. But it's difficult to carry as much weight as this offense demands that he carries. Um, so 
I think that, uh, you know, the neck injury is real. It's very real. Uh, I was surprised that they even played him against Philadelphia, to be honest with you, and didn't give him the the uh, extra week to rest since you have to go into Philadelphia thinking that you don't have a great shot considering how they were playing and why not save him for a game, a much more winnable game, at least on paper in the commanders. But um, I think the injury is going to bother him. I think I, th- I really do think that. And I think, but they have a backup running back who looked relatively effective last week in the opportunities that he got. Yes. I'm trying to get his name for you here. Um, but I thought, I think what, they kind of got lucky through their little uh, strife and tragedy last week. And then I think that maybe they uncovered that they have somebody else who can actually run the football a little bit. Um, he, I'm not saying he's great. Uh, who was it? Taylor. Yeah. Like two carries, 40 yards. Brightwell had 4.6 yards of carry and uh, Matt Breida really hasn't been effective. So um, I don't know. Oh, that was Tyrod Taylor who ran the ball, but I'm talking about uh, Brightwell. Actually, I like what Brightwell can do, but I just, I mean, it depends. Like, this offense is only running the football. That's it. That's all they do. That's all that they're good at anyway. And then, for whatever reason, as, as you watch this offense, because they did it against us in overtime, they run the football, and then they try, like, 48-yard passes out of the blue. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> why, why not connect your run game to play action to underneath stuff, you know? And maybe it's just because they don't have the assets on offense to do that. But it's run, 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 40-yard shot. Run, 40-yard shot. Back-to-back 40-yard shot. Run, run, run. It's like I don't understand what you're trying to accomplish with this offense because it's, it's really confusing. No, I, I agree. And this this may be, you know, one of the, uh, you know, side effects of having a rookie head coach who's somebody who's going to be heavily involved in the offense. You may see some of this uh, kind of, you know, discombobulated look on, uh, on offense. But, uh, Eric – what are the three ways that the commanders can win this game? And what are the three ways that uh, the commanders lose this game? This is a big one for us. We, we have to get this. Yeah. Well, this team's going to lose this game. If it gets in, if it gets any ideas that it's better than it is on offense and starts chucking the ball all over the place. Um, We, we have our formula to win. We have to pound, pound, pound the ball and uh, pick our spots in the passing game and, and really rely on, on Heineke's athleticism for a big part in the passing game. So we lose this game if we, if we you know, Taylor you know, threw 40 passes last game and we came out with a tie. If he throws 40 passes this game, we are not going to win. Uh, if we do not keep Daniel Jones contained uh, and pushed back inside, we are going to lose this game. Uh, he got outside a couple of times for some big, big runs. Um, they got better as the game progressed to where they could get him, they could, you know, maintain their rush discipline, force him back inside where the help was, and they limited those big runs. And uh, we are going to lose this game if we score less points. Honestly, no, we got to score 20 points. Yeah. Uh, if we score less than 20 points, we lose this game. I think the Giants are going to put together a couple of drives. I, I see them getting around 17 points this week. Uh, if we can, well, if we can hold them to 17 points this week, and we, we have to get to, I would say we have to get to 20 points, even though 18 beats 17, uh, just give it a few, a few extras. So uh, if we win this game, you know, if we're, if we're going to win this game, we have to get our usual 20 points on the board. I think this defense is good enough to hold the Giants to where they were uh, and obviously, ma- you know, maintain our, uh, our game plan that's been working for us. We have to keep going that um, we can't get, we can't, you know, give up fluke scores early, get down early, get any confidence going through Daniel Jones in the passing game. We just gotta, we just gotta play our game basically uh, and let them make the mistakes, which is what we've been doing the past few weeks. And it's been working. 
Uh, I, I agree. Don't deviate from the plan. We are a run-centric football team. We have a defense that can suffocate, smother uh, the opposing offense. Continue to do that. Uh, but, Eric, I'm, I'm going to ask you to go a little bit further on the offense here. We've got Terry McLaurin. Uh, we've got Jahan Dotson. We've got Curtis Samuel. Uh, we've got a couple of tight ends. We've got Antonio Gibson um, who can catch passes. We've got Brian Robinson um, uh, as well, Jonathan Williams. How are we still only scoring 20 points on a good day, on a good day for us? Because sometimes we score 19, 17 points. How is it that that it's possible that with that type of firepower, is it just the quarterback? Is it the offensive coordinator? Is it the winter equinox? Like what, what's going on here? Why do we only get 20 points a game? Yeah, we – yeah, it's a combination. Quarterback play just really – you know, Taylor is inconsistent, but he plays big in big moments. Uh, that's always going to be the case. That's just what he does. Uh, early in the season when we had Carson Wentz, we really weren't doing a good job of protecting him. Um, and he does not have the escapability that, that somebody like Heineke has. So he struggled. Uh, and the play calling is so has been so inconsistent um, that we just aren't able to put points on the board, especially when we get inside the five-yard line. We're kicking a lot of like 23, 24-yard field goals. That's got to stop. But that's just what we do. Uh, which is, you know, people were questioning why Rivera didn't go for two points. It's because we can't score from the three-yard line. That's why we didn't go for two points. Uh, we can't get the ball into the end zone from up close. Uh, you know, Brian Robinson has been solid, but goal to go, he hasn't been he hasn't been the best. Uh, and Antonio Gibson really hasn't been used in those situations. And, you know, the creativity and the play calling has kind of gone out the window. Uh, you know, when we get down close, we get kind of boring and predictable. We had that really nice play that Carson Wentz and Jahan Dotson combined on for a couple of yes. scores early in the season. Yes. That nice little spread everybody out and Jahan just kind of slips through the middle. Um, that has disappeared. And maybe it's just because, you know, Heineke can't throw it, doesn't have the confidence to throw it, uh, doesn't have the confidence in Jahan Dotson. Um, but, you know, I would like to see that come back or something, you know, or, you know, that that play design and have it go somewhere else because that, that play worked. Yeah. Uh, but like many things with Scott Turner, when you see something that works, he stops calling it uh, and you never see it again. So there's a lot of reasons why we only score 19 points a game. But, uh, you know, one guy has been the constant over the three years that we've been averaging 19 points a game, and that's Scott Turner. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with him. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I like that answer. Ellie, I want to take you to the other side of the football. Uh, in that first matchup there with the Giants, we we got exposed on a couple, on a couple of things there. Um, we, we realized how much we uh, we miss um, uh, St. Juice uh, uh, at corner. And, um, you know, Daniel Jones, again, with his running ability, kind of uh, got us. I mean, he had about 71 yards rushing, probably could have had some more had, uh, had he run more, honestly. Um, what do we do there? Like, uh, is, is the plan still the same? Does JDR make any type of adjustments there? Who plays on the outside? Is, uh, is St. Juice going to be able to, uh, to go for us? Yeah, it sounds like St. Juice is trending towards playing, so that's a positive. Um, you're going to get Chase Young back for some snaps. I don't know how many. Chase Young has been relatively good in the run game, especially on the edge, so that's going to help you some. Um, but I, I do think a deficiency has been identified in our defense, and that's stretch zone runs. It's going to be a problem until we figure out how to play it better, and I don't know if that's something that's going to have to wait till the offseason. Now, we've been lucky that teams have exposed it, and then in the second half, for whatever reason, either adjustments on our side or other teams not committing to what's working for them, it hasn't been as successful in the second half. 
if if I'm Jack Del Rio, I am disregarding every single thing that the Giants can do in the air because I don't care. They can't do it enough to beat you the way that they want to. So I am really focusing my defense in the box. Now, Brian, you asked a question about why it's an issue. Well, at least I think you asked that question. Yeah. It, it's linebackers. We have two of them. One of them's John Bostic. You're, you're, you're going to be weak in this type of run game, especially on the edges when you're running a one and a two linebacker set. The five defensive linemen is great if they set the edge and they don't let that runner get outside of that. But if they penetrate that edge, you have one guy to play the entire second level. You know what I mean? Yep. Aside from your cornerbacks and support, but generally when they run the football, um, you know, good offensive coordinators have their the receivers run decoy routes, right? To take that cornerback off the edge or something like that. So I, I think it's it's that it's a product of that. Like we've been successful with this, uh, you know, hybrid defense and the one linebacker or the two linebackers, whatever you want to call it. But you know, at some point, it, it is going to be a problem. And good teams that can stretch you to the edge when they run the ball. Um, are going to take advantage of that. Now, the Giants don't always do that. They like to pound Saquon up the middle, and they use Daniel Jones off the edge. Uh, so that's why Daniel Jones was more successful than uh, Saquon was last week, last time we played him. Yeah, no, uh, I think you're spot on. And thank you for pointing out uh, Bostic. Uh, there is a clip. Uh, people could go look at this on uh, on uh, Twitter. It's on the, the team's uh, YouTube page. There's a, uh, there's a clip of uh, Bostic over-pursuing. Daniel Jones sees that and runs up the middle. It's like 15 yards or something like that. And it's just uh, – it, that just can't happen. If we if we let Daniel Jones get those types of runs on us, it uh, it's going to be a long day uh, for the uh, for the defense and for the commanders uh, there. So um, now with this uh, game, I mean, this is important for both teams. Uh, there, There's no other way around it, right? This is a game that the commanders have to win if they want to continue with their playoff hopes. Same thing for uh, the Giants. Um, do you think, uh, Eric, are, are, do you think this team is going to do anything differently? Do you think they're going to have any kind of uh, trick plays? Do you think they're going to have anything specially planned for the Giants? Or are we going to say kind of the the similar game plan to what we've been doing these last couple of weeks? Or do you think, um, you know, Ron Rivera will have something uh, dialed up a little bit different this time? Well, there's always going to be tricked plays with this offense. They're, they're going to do some double reverse nonsense uh, that'll go nowhere. Um, oh, the jet sweep to the tight end. What happened to that? Yeah, yeah. That, that actually worked once, remember? That's why we never saw it again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I no, I think that – I think that – well, I hope that our offense knows – that the Giants are going to try to make a point of taking Terry McLaurin out of the game, and that will open up Jahan Dotson, who we saw come off the milk carton last game, uh, made, made a couple of big catches. So I would like to see Jahan Dotson more involved in the passing game. Hopefully he's used this a uh, couple of weeks here to build a better rapport with Taylor Heineke. And um, Curtis Samuel, of course, is going to get the ball in space and do Curtis Samuel things. Uh, I'd like to see him get in the end zone. Um, but I, I would like to see maybe Terry be a little bit, I, I hate saying this, but maybe a little bit less of a focal point in the passing game this time around, just be, because we do have other weapons that other teams may not be accounting for. Um, and I think that that's probably the best wrinkle that we could put in is to distribute the ball more to our other playmakers and not focus so much on Terry. Unless he's wide open, then throw it to him. Or if a play breaks down, just throw it up there because Terry down there somewhere, as they say. But, uh, you know, I would like to see our other guys get involved a little bit more. Maybe Logan Thomas. Um, I know he's kind of – he's been banged up all year. Uh, if Armani Rogers is he still around? Or did he go on injured reserve? I haven't seen him in a couple yeah. of years. 
Yeah, he went he went on injured reserve, so which is okay. unfortunate because he he very much looked like probably the best tight end we have. Uh, yeah, so he really did. He he looked excellent, but yeah, he's on uh, injured reserve. Unfortunately, we'll see him next year. Um, but no, Cole Turner sighting this week. See him that would be catch that that would be nice. I don't want to see Cole Turner trying to run block anybody. That's just not his game. That was embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. He couldn't do it in college. I don't know why they thought um, they he could do it now. You know, one of the reasons why I like Samus Race, he could actually block somebody. He couldn't catch the football, but he could hit somebody. And that's uh, we got John uh, Bates for blocking. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ellie, uh, you shared a a tweet in our group chat uh, earlier today. Um, I think it was to the effect of, "Hey, Carson Wentz is now going to be activated as the backup quarterback." Is there any thought? Is it, or is it just a, a, a terrible idea if there was some type of rotation at quarterback, a two quarterback set? Um, you know, maybe a deep shot with Carson Wentz, maybe a rollout with Heineke. It, is that even possible? Is that even worthwhile? I think the uh, the Houston Texans did something similar. They screwed it up at the end. They had their uh, the running quarterback in there trying to throw passes towards the end, and it didn't really work for him. Is that something that uh, Ron would try to do here? Never. Ron wouldn't roll that way, and they shouldn't. Honestly, it's the NFL. Um, if you can't get it done with your regular guys, then just pack it up anyway. Um, now, would it? Would I hate to see us run um, some of the Wildcat or some, or some variation of that for a play, you know, in the red zone to help spark the red zone offense? Sure. Let's put Brian Robinson under, you know, in, in the pistol, take the direct snap. Let's see if he can run read option with, with – uh, with uh, Gibson and then keep it and just pound it up the middle for a play. I would love that for a play just because we have such issues in the red zone. Do I want to see anything beyond that? No, I don't want to see Carson Wentz on the field this week only because look, there is so much controversy around the quarterback position in DC. I tweeted something on Monday and there are still arguments going on about it today uh, on my, uh, you know, in my mentions and I haven't looked at it since, but the reality is, if we're in this playoff push, you got to stick with the guys that got you to the dance. Yeah. And I'm saying that knowing you guys know how I feel about the quarterback position, you know, uh, going forward. But you're here now. You're here. You can't say, okay, we're going to bring Carson in for three plays and take, t- uh, you know, hide to get none of that. You got to stick with the guy that brought you to the dance and then evaluate going forward. I think if, if we do that, that is such a sign of desperation um, that it, no way. I think that would be really defeating to the morality of the team. Um, And I think it would honestly really just at that point, how do you go back to somebody you took off the field? Well, because if you're putting Wentz in, you're doing it to throw the football. Right. And so you're basically saying this guy can't throw. So we're bringing our guy in that can throw and then we'll put you back in when we don't necessarily need to complete a pass. That's that's demeaning to me. And I think, you know, Taylor's probably earned a little bit more than that to be swapped out during the games. Um, You know, you got you got to have a better plan than that. So. You know, it's a, it's a cute idea going back to, like, Cordell Stewart and all that stuff, but that never really – you know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. kept waiting for Cordell to become something more. No way. Stick yeah. with the guy that brought you to the dance. Figure out how to be effective where you need to be effective. Stop taking shortcuts and, and be a better offensive coordinator, Scott Turner. Agreed. You know, one thing I haven't seen this year uh, is um, – and you're going to call me a Heineke stand, but have you have you seen a standout play that really highlighted his lack of arm strength this year? Because I don't really remember seeing one. I've seen a couple of like the one deep shot against I think it was yes. the Vikings that the ref picked made the pick play. It was underthrown, but that was you know he's throwing the ball sixty yard downfield. But 
Like, has he missed out routes to, like because of a weak arm inside? Like, I really haven't seen, if not any, I had certainly haven't seen as many as last year. I think he's found a way to at least manage his lack of arm strength. Um, I think it's, so it's we've still seen some Heineke plays like where he just makes an idiot throw, but I don't think the lack of arm strength has been as big an issue as it was in the previous years. Uh, there was a throw to Terry on the sideline of the first Giants uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago where the corner read it and he just barely missed it. It was inside. Yeah, I don't know that it was. I think it was an inaccurate throw, less than a weak throw. Yeah, I think yeah. he just put it in the wrong spot. I just like I don't I don't recall seeing like a really like noodle arm throws that we've seen in the past. Like I said, he still makes Heineke throws, which you know those dumbass throws over the middle that are to nobody in particular. But um, just personally, and I'm sure we'll hear about it in the comments and you know on Twitter. But uh, I, I haven't really his lack of arm strength has not been as apparent. Not that he's got a great arm. I think he's learned to manage it much better this year. I'm doing my best to not turn this into a Heineke debate. Please do. But That's I, what's going to get us the views, man. Bring it in. <laughs> no way. I'm Rating. not doing that. The, I think the reality is, Eric, there have been some, like including that pass interference against the Giants last week, that was, or we played them last time that was picked up, and that ball was like really underthrown to Terry. Um, that was one of them. But I think what, what you're seeing is Scott Turner recognizing that there's no way this is going to happen, so he's calling things that are more fit to what – his skill set is, and that's why you see a reduction in those throws. His arm didn't get right. stronger. They've learned to manage it. Yeah, they. Yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. saying it's stronger, but I think they've learned. He or the or the the team has I think learned it's to Scott manage Turner. his arm strength issues. I, I don't give Scott Turner credit for anything. Ever. I, I know, but I kind of view this as Scott Turner really wants Heineke to play, and if you follow the lineage of Turner and Heineke, and Turner being the only guy going to ODU's pro day, I think Turner really wants him to play, so he's doing everything he can to keep him in that position including saying, hey, I'm going to take these pages out of the playbook because it's not what you can do. And honestly, you should do that as an offensive coordinator, you know, based on what your talent is. That's the bare minimum, yeah. They just, he just doesn't have great everything else to package with him taking some plays out. Like, there's no – the sequence of Scott Turner's play calling is disastrous. We talk about this all the time. You're not, he's never setting anything up for later in the game. It's just a – collection of plays that he calls at random times throughout the game and he's calling the same eight plays you know and so it's like i don't know again i'm not trying to get on a soapbox about anything tonight people in the comments i am trying to behave i just i i i think you just that hate heineke I, hey, don't you do that. You I'm not saying it. anything negative about anybody. Tonight. Ellie hates we, love, we, we love the passion. We love the uh, nope. enthusiasm. I'm being good. Real quick, Brian, something I was yeah. looking up as you guys were talking, and this is so weird to me. Yeah. If I said to you, who's been a better quarterback this year, Daniel Jones or Taylor Heineke, Brian, what would you say? Um, it, it, It's probably a low bar, but I would say, you know, Daniel Jones by a hair. Yeah. Eric, what about you? I'm always going to go Heineke over Jones. I don't care what the stats say. Yeah, I'm looking at this. PFF for Daniel Jones has given him a 70.1 on the year. A 70.1 on the year. Okay. Taylor Heineke is a 49.0 on the year. And we're talking strictly passing grades. Taylor Heineke is a 47.8. Daniel Jones is a 67.1. I'm like, what the heck? Well, yeah, but if you, I mean, if the, I didn't, I haven't watched a ton of the Giants this year, but if Dable's game plan, and I think it has been for that game, kind of mirrors what he's been doing elsewhere, he's protecting the crap out of Dave, yeah. uh, out of Daniel Jones. He's yeah. not 
making him he's not putting it on him to make throws the way Turner is to Heineke. So that probably has a lot to do with it. He's just throwing he's just making safe throws a lot and a lot of them. Yeah, and I think the other thing, um, you know, while while that is a huge disparity, Heineke also is a little bit of a gambler. Heineke will take the shot into triple coverage. I don't see Daniel Jones doing that too much. Um, just looking at the type of player he is, uh, Ellie, I think you said it, or maybe it was Eric. He's a safe player, right? He's more the cautious type. Heineke's like, I'm probably going to be cut tomorrow. I'm going to sling it down the field regardless. That's I don't. It. Care. He didn't get that fifth year option picked up. He's for a contract next year. Heineke's like playing with house money. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, and actually, a lot of times that ends up in his, uh, you know, against him, right, to his own detriment. He ends up throwing that interception, or it's incomplete, or whatever. So, uh, I think that's probably, you know, more so uh, his uh, his issue is that uh, when he gambles and he loses, he loses big, right? They're not little small, um, you know, mistakes or anything. But Ellie, one of the things I wanted to get with you on is we lost our starting center. Larson, this is a big deal. I know a lot of people don't like talking about um, offensive linemen, but um, the offensive line at the beginning of the year wasn't very good. Um, Larson kind of came in and helped calm things down on that offensive line. He's done for the year now. We've got Wes Martin, or I'm sorry, uh, Wes Schweitzer and Nick Martin uh, as the two choices for uh, center. And um, Cosme is uh, hurt. He's coming back from an injury there. Um and so is uh, Trey Turner uh, at guard. So we've got center and guard kind of in flux here. What what's going on with that? And who who do you, who do you think should be the starters come uh, Sunday? I don't think it matters because you're going to get the same result. I think we've seen that anybody that rotates into that line has been equally as bad. And I think I was listening to the Cooley breakdown, and I haven't listened to one of those in probably over a year just because of time and availability. But one thing I thought that he said that really stood out to me was it looks like we don't know our protection calls and we don't slide the line in the right direction. We're always missing on our, our line slides. And he said he didn't know if that was on the quarterback. And then Kevin Sheehan was saying something about how, like, we've always had a spotter in the booth uh, that will, while the communication is still active with the quarterback and the helmet, will let them know which way to slide the line and things like that. And for whatever reason, that's not happening or, or we're not getting it right. So I think because it seems to be a complete failure and a complete breakdown between both coaching and execution on the field, I don't know how you fix that. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if it were just we're not executing on the field, but we're getting the right information to the guys, then it'd be like, OK, well, maybe with different bodies, we'd be better. But it looks like at least it sounds like from people that know the game much better than I, that there is a complete breakdown on the offensive line with both coaching and execution on the field. And I don't think you can solve that problem until the off season when you get new parts in the booth and on the field. Yeah. The, uh, and when you have uh, like what we've had, uh, which is your second, your third, fourth center um, these last couple of years going into the games, it's hard for some of these guys who have either just come off the street or have been on a practice squad to know these protections, but the center usually sets the protection and then the quarterback will adjust it depending on what look uh, the defense gives him late, right? They walk up a safety, they walk up an outside linebacker. The quarterback will then shift the protection over to that side based off of whatever the uh, the center did. Now, if you've got a backup who, like Heineke, maybe doesn't necessarily know that, and you've got uh, backups uh, at center, yeah, you're going to have those problems uh, out there. So um, it, it may be time for us to, uh, to look for a uh, new starting center, uh, whether in the draft or free agency. Uh, but Eric, uh, before we get to predictions, what do you think about uh, some of these uh, um, 
open spots that we have now on the offensive line and who gets the uh, the start at center and uh, guard. I don't know. Playing center for this team is like a one-way ticket to injured reserve. Yeah. Like I'm waiting for one of these guys to just spontaneously combust like the drummer from Spinal Tap because that's kind of the luck we've had with centers. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the protection calls usually fall on the center. Um, yep. I don't think Scott Turner – trust his quarterback to make some, you know, some teams will do that, but I don't think Turner puts it on the quarterback to, to set the protection. I think it is the center that does it. Um, and with guys that have, you know, you know, that, you know, that are street free agents, like uh, whoever the crap, mm -hmm. like we just lost Nick, not Nick Martin. What's the guy's name? Yeah, that guy. Anyway, uh, I don't bother to learn their names anymore because they're going to be injured within two weeks when they play center for this team. But you're also to the point where you're playing between two guards that have not been good at all. The whole interior of the offensive line has been pretty bad. Uh, you know, the tackles comparatively have been a little better, but still not great. This offensive line is just a shambles. And that's really the area that this team has failed miserably at, at building, uh, considering what was here when, when, when Rivera and company arrived and what's here now. Uh, and it's time for a complete overhaul this offseason. That was part of our text uh, argument the, <laughs> this afternoon. Uh, I'm fully in favor of five new starters on the offensive line next year. I like Leno, but I, I think you can improve. Like Leno is probably like a top half left tackle, but I, he, I think you can get better at, at the left tackle spot. And maybe he can play the right side. I don't know. Uh, but um, he's I mean, if you're going to keep one, he's probably the one that I would keep. Cosme is young, but man, the guys just can't. His, his injury luck has been horrible. Uh, and I think he's, you know, you slide him inside the guard. That's probably his best chance to stick around and really have success in the NFL. But if he can't stay on the field, it won't matter. Uh, but this, yeah, we need a complete offensive line overhaul, uh, no matter what. You know, we could win the Super Bowl this year. That'd be great. I still don't want. I still want five new offensive linemen because it's been it's been rough this year and all year. Let me um let me give you some context to what you said about Cosby. Um, First of all, his play has fallen off of a cliff <laughs> in recent weeks, and I'm sure the injuries have something to do with that. He was averaging probably about 72 on PFF all year. Uh, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, he's down to a 61 the week before and 53 last time he played the Giants. Now, the interesting part about that is his pass block grade against the Giants at right guard was 77.6. His run block grade against the Giants – was a 46.5. <laughs> so um, that that's an interesting little situation there that I think is developing. Generally, his run block grade is much higher, at least when he's playing right tackle, than his pass block grade is. Completely different guard. position, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, so, it's, I, mean, it's, I wonder that if I've ever played offensive it, line, but I've been told that that it, it's like different continent when you're moving, yeah. moving from, from tackle to guard. Yeah. It's a completely well, different style. Well, think about it. If you're at tackle, you're getting a defensive end who's uh, uh, maybe a little bit taller and a little bit lighter. Cosme went into guard. Who did we talk about on the preview pod for the Giants? Um, um, Dexter Lawrence, who is over 340 pounds. I think some of that poor run block grade is having to try to deal with that massive man who uh, is, is strong, and he's having a really good year himself. And we saw him uh, make some plays, and I think we saw him make some illegal plays. I think uh, I think he, like, elbow-dropped Heineke in the back of the head on one play um, as he just kind of barreled through the offensive line, uh, Dexter Lawrence did. But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, that poor run block raid, you're probably going to see that uh, again this week because uh, um, he's having a really good season, Dexter Lawrence uh, is. Um, so predictions. Ellie, we have uh, a this is a flexed game. We're going to be playing Sunday night, prime time, 
the commanders under Ron Rivera have actually done a decent job of uh, winning primetime games, a little reversal from years past. Uh, what do you think happens Sunday night with all eyes on the commanders? Um, I, don't, I just, from what you saw from the Giants last week, I don't, I don't see a lot of fight there. Um, and you got to go by your most recent piece of evidence in football. Um, so I, I think that the commanders should win this game. Vegas is favoring the commanders, I believe, by wow. uh, four points, four and a half or something like that. And the prediction wow. is a total of 40 points. So I think that's 22 to 18 or something like that, commanders. And I think I'm going to go with what Vegas is saying. Um, while I don't think, you know, the Giants are really an effective football team at this moment in time, we our offense doesn't put up points for me to say, oh, we're going to get 28. And you can't count on your defense creating turnovers to score points just because we haven't so, you know, often this season we'll go games without any real significant turnover frequency. Uh, so I'm going to say 22 to 18 commanders win and keep our playoff hopes alive. Love it. Eric, prime time Sunday night, commanders, what do we do? Who wins? Who takes it? Yeah, this, this game is massive. I mean, if we if the commanders win this game, Playoff I mean, chances for playoffs go through the roof. It's it's almost the death knell for the Giants uh, to lose this game, and it makes it a lot harder for the Commanders to get into the playoffs if they lose this game. This game is huge for both teams, but this is a Sunday night home game, prime time. This is a this is a Taylor Heineke special. Uh, this is the type of this is the type of thing that he lives for. I think he plays a Taylor Heineke game. Uh, meaning he'll probably throw for a touchdown and an interception at about 200 yards, and he'll make some eye-popping throws and some mind-numbingly horrible throws. Uh, it's going to be a Taylor Heineke game, but I think he comes through in the end, and uh, the commanders do take this game. But I'm going to go 20-17 to 17 commanders this week. I like it. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys. This is a monumental game one of the bigger regular season games that the Commanders football team Redskins have had over the last several years. And I, I don't even know if there's a, you know, a scheme component to this, right? We're, we, we're so evenly matched. I don't think scheme offense or defense even comes into play. It's going to be about which coaching staff, which group of players uh, can motivate themselves enough to go out there and make enough plays to uh, to win this game. It's going to be who wants it more. Uh, it, too often, you know, in, in uh, recent past, the commanders unfortunately haven't wanted it enough and uh, have put up, you know, really poor performances in some of these types of games. So I hope that they are motivated. I hope that they understand the gravity of the moment of the situation uh, and the opportunity that's in front of them. And they go out and they take this win uh, that is right there for the taking. This is an opponent who's reeling right now, who's got some guys who are a little bit hurt, maybe a little bit hobbled. Um, and this, you, you can't ask for a better opportunity to uh, to put yourself into the driver's seat for a playoff spot than this. So I'm going Commanders 21, slightly above our 20-point our average, um, 17 Giants. Uh, commanders take this. It is a close game. But uh, the commanders uh, pull it out. Um, Ellie, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring one back uh, from the past here, the soapbox that you created uh, a long time ago on a previous pod. 
What do you want to talk about? Any last things that you want to get on the soapbox and discuss? Parting thoughts, anything? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you guys hit on this a lot. I mean, if you want to be a franchise that is considered a legitimate franchise who is a serious threat in the playoffs, we're not talking Super Bowls yet, at least not now, but you want to be a serious threat to make some noise in the playoffs, then you got to represent this week. It starts with this game right here. You can't come out and lay an egg and expect anybody to take you serious, especially as you go to San Francisco the following week and you know what they're about, right? Uh, so this is the one that matters. Or we're going to be a team that's going to argue about quarterbacks and backup quarterbacks for all eternity because if we drop this game, then that conversation is coming right back to the forefront. So there's a decision to be made, and that decision will be made by the play on the field. Go out and win a game, put the noise to the side, let's make ourselves a playoff contender and follow through with that so that we can get some credibility back in this organization. It starts this week. Just got to do it on the field. Exactly. I love it. We 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 want to be taken serious, and it's uh, time is now. Eric, you have the soapbox. What do you got to say? Yes, us, us fans of the Commanders football team, Redskins, are a, a special lot. Uh, we can argue about every, anything and everything above uh, amongst ourselves, the three of us included. Um, and I think that maybe for just a week, I would like to see all Commanders fans just set everything aside and enjoy the fact that we're in the thick of a playoff run and things are actually looking up for this team uh, in the near future, uh, if not the distant future with the sale of the team. Let's just enjoy this. Let's save the arguing for the offseason and the mock draft season. Right now we're in the middle of the playoff run. Let's just enjoy it. Have some fun. Just uh, just put our arms around each other as, as Commanders fans and just enjoy a nice playoff run that's going to continue this week with a, with a big win against a division rival on prime time. Let's just enjoy it, folks. I agree. It's cold outside now. Let's put on the fire. Enjoy this. Maybe we go up three games above 500 in the driver's seat in the playoffs. That would be great. Um, Guys, please, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to whatever audio platform you listen to, Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, Amazon, whichever uh, one. If you can leave us a five-star review, it takes two seconds. Please do so. It helps us grow. Reach out to other Commanders fans. Check out commanders247.com. That is our website. We've got some great articles. We've got um, videos just like this. We've got other videos uh, about all kinds of things, interviews up there. Uh, You can subscribe to that as well. And then check out the YouTube channel. Uh, where you can catch some of these videos uh, as well. And if you hit notifications and subscribe there, you'll be the first to know when we drop another video or new content. Guys, thank you. I'm excited for this Sunday. Go Commanders. Hey, Brian, real quick before we go. Yeah. Um, We usually give a prediction for a player that's going to make a difference. We nailed it with Brian Robinson the week prior yeah. and then we screwed it up with antonio gibson against the giants last time right that's all right i want each of you tell me who your player that's going to be the difference maker for this game starting with you brian my difference maker is jamin davis um jamin davis does not have his uh running mate in cole holcomb so he's really the lone linebacker and ellie as you pointed out 
with, um, you know, the help that Jamin Davis has, which is John Bostic. And I'm sure John Bostic is a really nice guy, but he may not, you know, be suitable to be on the field anymore. We can't have, um, you know, Daniel Jones kind of running amok uh, through our defense. And I think this is a game where Jamin Davis steps up and says, you know what? It's my time. I'm the man now. There's no Cole Holcomb there. There's nobody else at linebacker. Bostic is is really kind of a coach on the field type. He has no kind of uh, um, ability left in him. And Jamin Davis steps up and he shuts down Daniel Jones's running ability and really any running ability that the Giants have, which you know doesn't seem to be too much with Saquon uh, kind of being uh, hobbled with injury. So, uh, Jamin Davis, I expect a big big day from him. Nice. I like it. Eric? It's Jahan Dotson. I said it before. I think Jahan Dotson is a, is, is a key to this offense this week. The Giants are going to focus on Terry McLaurin. They're going to do what they can to take to take care of him. The run game is going to do what it does, um, but we're going to need a an explosive play here and there, and I think Jahan Dotson is the guy uh, that can do it. He's going to remind everybody that he was also a first-round receiver taken this year. Garrett Wilson, uh, guys like him, Olave, are, are blowing up this year. And uh, I think it's Jahan Dotson's turn to announce his presence in front of a national audience. So I expect a big game, including another touchdown catch for Jahan Dotson this week. That'd be great. Calling I'm it going, here. I am going with Curtis Samuel. He's going to have some good runs, and he's going to have some uh, big plays in the passing game. Talk about reminding people of who you are. He's going to reintroduce himself. His name is Curtis. He's going to have a huge day for us. I think I like that prediction, actually. It's going to be him. He's going to have a couple of touchdowns. I said a couple it. of touchdowns. And I'll not because it. he's on my fantasy team in the playoffs either. I think I really just believe it just because. So let's see what happens. All right. Hey, Brian, great job hosting. Eric, good job as usual. And I guess we will catch everybody on the flip side. See you after the game. No, you won't. Tuesday next week. <laughs> we are out of here. See you. <laughs>